Thanks for being here for another stacked episode of the Broadway show Uncut. I'm Tamsin Fidel, and we've got a lot to talk about. Betty Boop is Broadway bound. The new musical Boop just wrapped up its world premiere run in Chicago. The musical inspired by the iconic cartoon. It's going to make its Broadway bow in spring of 2025. Coming up in just a few minutes, you're going to hear from the star of Boop, Jasmine Amy Rogers. Plus, the musical's director and choreographer, Jerry Mitchell. But first, Cynthia Nixon comes back to the New York City stage in the seven-year disappear. And she has a lot going on right now. I had a chance to talk to Cynthia about the new play, plus the Gilded Age, and just like that. So let's just jump in and talk because I'm excited to have you here and I feel like you have so many different projects going on and I don't know which one to go to first. So I'm going to go to the, the seven year disappear first. Okay, great. Because I feel like there's a lot to talk about with that and there's kind of a fun personal story behind it since yes. you've been gone for seven years. I know it. We were doing a little workshop of it a few months ago and I realized, oh, it's been seven years since I've been on stage and it's about a person who disappears for seven years like I have from the stage. But it's so weird for me because, I mean, it's just been the pandemic and then other things and I, I can't remember another time in my life when I haven't been on stage for seven years. It feels really strange. What brought you back to the stage for this particular play? I, I guess just the play itself is fascinating to me and particularly the character or characters, I guess I would say. I play like a, a world famous performance artist. The other actor is Taylor, the amazing Taylor Trench, who's playing my son. It, when the play begins, I have a new piece that's going to be going on at MoMA and he presents it and I'm not there and I disappear for seven years and we see, you know, he and I are, I like I'm a single mom and he's my gay son and we're incredibly close. He's also my, you know, my manager and right. my booker and my best right. friend. And um, so he goes into total free fall and goes through a series of crises in my absence and also my unexplained absence, like where did I go and why did I go? Um, but I also then play all the people in his life in that interim. There's the main character, okay, um, who's Miriam, and right. then the uh, seven other people that I play. So eight? So eight total. <laughs> oh, just eight? Eight total. <laughs> there are different uh, time periods, I guess, different people, backgrounds. Just different every, every, ages, every, genders, okay. ethnicities, classes, you know, you name it. That's, that's professional, though, right? Yeah. I mean, you're talking about if you're, if you're coming back after seven years, that's the way to come back. You've kind yes. of, you've kind of made up for all of it in yes. one fell so swoop. I, you know, in December, before, before we even went into rehearsal, I started the the long road of meeting with the dia dialect coach and trying to, you know, there's so much to, because I don't, there won't be any costume changes or makeup or hair changes or anything. It'll all just be, because I don't think we ever leave the stage. What um, comes from inside. What comes from inside right. and how you hold yourself and how you walk and how you talk. and. So, you know, the audience, I'm, I'm, when I'm in the audience, I go, how in the world? Did she do all that? And I know that that's all part of the profession and your, your talent, but it's that's a lot all in one, you know, a, a span of what, an hour and a half to two hours. Yeah. There are two main tricks about doing an accent that isn't your own. One is to, to do it well. Yes. But equally important to that, I think, is to not have it overwhelm you and overwhelm the character and overwhelm the performance. Mm -hmm. Like you know, Pat Field, who, who did the clothes for Sex in the City. Right. I mean, I, she taught me so many things about fashion, but what I would say if I had to boil it all down to one, it was like, 
wear the clothes that show you off. You're not there、mm. to show the clothes off. The clothes are there to show you off. And so, same、yeah. thing about an accent, right? If the if if the accent is the headline, then you're you're really Th- then you're not. Yeah, that makes yeah. so much sense. Yeah. Well, I think about when you talk about accent or just cadence. I think it's more cadence.、Uh, Gilded Age. I was watching it over the weekend, and I was just listening to your voice. And、yeah. I was just thinking, you know, I, I think of your voice in the other places I've seen you, or in in real life, and I just think like. Oh my gosh! The voice makes that character a totally different person of who you are as a strong right. woman, right. strong, outspoken woman. I,、right. I just find it fascinating because it makes all the difference in the world of of how you're perceived in that role. Yes, and I mean, I think, and we all, you know, Howard Samuelson is our dialect coach on that, and he's so amazing, and he keeps all of us in line, not just our those of us who are trying to speak incredibly、right. well, but people who have again accents、mm-hmm. that are not their own. You know, we. Americans, we just don't speak carefully.、Mm-mm. We just don't. Dating back to you know Mark Antony, you know it's like a plain-spoken man. That's、right. what Americans believe that、right. if you if you're kind of sloppy, you're authentic. <laughs> you know, so I got you. You're relatable, <laughs> right? It's right. It's、uh, and so you know playing Ada, she's an obviously an incredibly sincere、yeah. person. But that to 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 make sure that that. No modernisms stick out, or you know, but also to make sure that, you know, the fact that she's so well spoken and speaks so carefully and so properly, it doesn't mean that she's in any way fake. It just means she's well brought up and extremely careful. That show looks so fun simply because、It's、of the、so、fact、fun. that there are so many stage actors on there and so many just incredible. Talents. What is that like seeing、um, so many people that are really、uh, from the stage all in one place, in particular Broadway? Yeah, I mean, also, you know, we were shut down. We were the, our very first season. We were five days away from starting to shoot, and COVID happened. Oh, I didn't realize. So、that. then we, so we were supposed to start in March of 2020, I guess, and then we didn't start until September. So it was also there was no theater, right? And there、yes. were, and so. To be able to then rejoin in our masks and our little plastic bubbles and all of our precautions, but to be with theater people and to—I don't know—it was—it was a—it was, was a boon. It was like、yeah. there was no theater happening. There was another way that people at home could see their Broadway actors that they love, and we could see each other. And certainly, so many of us have known each other—you know—not、sure. for five years, but for. You know, Christine and I, thirty, forty、yeah. years. Oh wow! And、uh, Robert Sean Leonard and I, who played my husband this this past season. You know, he, I think he even longer. I think forty. I don't know. I can't do the math. Three or something. And I, I, I have to say that、um, that one of the real delights. I mean, I knew of course Danae Benton's work、sure. before, but the other young people in the in the production.、Mm-hmm. You know Louisa and and、right. Taylor and Ben. And, you know, they're so extraordinary, and I, I guess that was one of the big thrills. It's like it's a, of course it's amazing when Audrey McDonald is there and Nathan Lane is there and <laughs> Kelly O'Hara is there and Donna Murphy is there, but to be introduced to these young people who are just, you know, so spectacular in every way and you know, so earn the right to be with. 
the rest of us who've been doing it, you know, for for so many decades. Well, it's just a, I mean, it's just a wonderful blend. And I, I, it was funny because I think one of the recent ones, I, I went back and rewinded a few times because uh, you and Christine, there was a back and forth, and it was just so because she's just so snarky and you're yes. just so kind. Yeah, I, I was like, I wonder if they're just dying laughing at the end of it because when she's so quippy with you, it's, it's you know, really Christine well done. always says this because oh, Christine was the person who started when we when we started that she said that Ada and Agnes are almost like a married couple. Yes. Right. Neither of them has a partner. She's been widowed for a long time. I'm a spinster and we've lived together for so long. We're really and she takes a more, I think, masculine role. She's making decisions and barking and in charge of the money. And I'm sort of, you know, scurrying around after right. trying to mend everybody's feelings. Fix and, it all. <laughs> yeah. People's mental health. Um, but 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 Christine said that, um, yeah, it was it was a real boon for us to have each other because one of the hardest things to to pull off is intimacy. That if you're not actually intimate with that person, to whether you're lovers or sisters or parent and child or whatever that is, um, to to man, intimacy is hard to manufacture. So it was oh, a real that, a real plus sense. for us that we were already such intimate people. And just like that. We'll be seeing that again. I just I love all your different roles because I feel like it has to be fun moving from one it to is. another. It is. Right? And they're, they're, they're all, and they're all in New York. And they're, they're all in New York. York. Thank God. They are. That's yes. really nice. Oh, what, whatever year you want New York to be. Yeah. That, that's a nice thing as, yes. as an actor, is it yes. not? Yes, totally. Uh, and just like that, what kind of reaction have you gotten from that? I'm, I'm 53 years old. And so I, you know, I've, I've hit my midlife. I'm looking mm -hmm. for meaning. I right. just transitioned out of a 30-year career as a newscaster. So that speaks to me in a thousand different ways. I was so thrilled that when the, the, the series came together and we had all these new amazing people that the people they brought in were very much our peers, that they didn't try and jazz us all up with a lot of 25-year-olds right. or whatever. Um, that, you know, it's a very, I, I mean, I'm sure it's a very interesting period in a man's life too, but yeah. it's a very interesting period yes. in a woman's life. If you've had a long time career, you've achieved some kind of a status, or maybe, like you're saying about yourself, that you choose to then try your hand at something else. If you've had children, um, you're kind of, you know, aging out of the raising of them, mm -hmm. particularly, you know, and you've got all these hormonal things happening, right? Which is, we know yeah. all the bad sides of that, but I, I do feel like there is a way, it's, it, it is like a second adolescence, mm -hmm. but with more wisdom and with a, with a sense that, you know, you're not going to, you know, be here forever. Yeah. Adolescents, you Absolutely. know, feel that they're completely infallible and immortal. And we don't feel that. No, you know? I, and I almost, I appreciate it now too. I appreciate knowing yeah. that every, you know, I, I don't remember it every day, but I remember a lot of days are a gift, you know, and those yeah. moments when you have that special time where you think like, oh gosh, I can't stand to be with X, Y, Z, but that's a moment that you might not have again. So. And, and it's another thing that yeah. makes you think, you know, personally, professionally, in every way, am I where I want to be in my life? And yeah. if I'm not, what am I waiting for yep. to change? My now what? That's what I keep calling it, my now what? Yeah. It's so, so true. Yeah. I think the pandemic did a lot to blend uh, Broadway and what we see in film and TV now and people seeing Broadway stars. You know, there's, a, there's an overlap of a lot of these people in roles. You know, everybody loves English actors. Mm -hmm. Of course, they have wonderful training and they have Shakespeare in their backgrounds and all these things. But I think... One reason that, that the film acting and the stage acting is so wonderful in England is because they have London and they have one city where it all happens. So and we have Los Angeles and California, and then of course mm -hmm. things shoot everywhere. But 
I think that, I don't know, the quality of the actors here in New York and the way we're trained and the way we keep doing it. And I don't know, when you see a, a, a film or a television show that's filmed in New York, there are a lot of reasons why those tend to be terrific. Yes. But one of them is just the talent pool, mm -hmm. you know? And um, there are so many wonderful, and that's why it's why and just like that, it's why the Gilded Age are so resplendent with performances. And then, you know, when you have actors like that, people write juicy characters for them yes. because they know those actors can pull it off. So I don't know, I'm I'm back at the new group, which is a place where I've I've worked as an actor. It's where I got my start as a director. Scott Elliott is directing us. Mm -hmm. He and I have a long professional and personal history. We first worked together um, in 2001 when he um, directed The Women that I was mm -hmm. in. And Taylor Trench, I just think, is one of the best young actors around. And um, I, again, I feel like such an intimacy with him. Right. So playing m mother and son who are even closer, I think, than your average mother and son. Um, I'm, I'm so excited about that. And, you know, it's a really daunting hill to, uh, you know, play all these different characters in one evening, all so different yes. from each other. but. Again, that's one of the one of the I think reasons we really all of us come back to the stage mm -hmm. is that you get opportunities to to stretch and grow and and risk in ways than which is much harder to find on on film or in television. It fills you in so many different ways. Yeah. I also think the New York actors, I just think that they live the city. You know, they live yeah. the city and then yeah. there's something about that that resonates on I don't know, that's what I've noticed over the years yeah. interviewing different people. Well people, so. you know, some because I was a child actor, I started yeah. when I was like eleven, twelve, you know. And of course we know all the terrible stories about things that have happened sure. to child sure. actors and who you know, fallen by the wayside and, you know, many, many I, people I know, you know. Um, and I do think, you know, I, certainly my parents were very helpful in keeping my head on straight mm -hmm. and the places where I went to, the public schools that I went to were very, you know, engaging. Sure. So school wasn't boring. But I have to say, I think New York is as responsible as anything mm -hmm. else because particularly if you're a child actor in California, everybody is sort of waiting on you hand and foot and right. nothing is expect of you, expected of you except your performance. In New York, like, you're getting on that subway yourself you and you're showing there. up and you better be on time for <laughs> half hour and that cue, nobody's saying like, you're on in two minutes, right? It's like, right. You're, you're, you're responsible for yourself. And I think sometimes, you know, for a variety of reasons, actors are so catered to, mm -hmm. but much less in New York in other places, and I think that's very good for our mental health. I could not agree more. It's so nice to see you. Thank you, you so much. You too, you Appreciate too. Appreciate it. You too. Well, performances of the seven year disappear begin this week in New York, but now let's look ahead to 2025 because that's when Boop comes to Broadway. Paul Wontorek caught up with the star and the director choreographer of the Betty Boop musical. I love a new musical. It's, <laughs> so do we. It's a brand new musical. Yeah, there's no book, no movie, no nothing. Mm -hmm. It's a cartoon I, character. That's right. it. Yeah, completely original. You took, yeah. so you took Complete. a, a property everybody maybe thinks they know. Yeah. Everybody's right. heard of Betty Boop, and yeah. you made something completely original out of completely it. Completely original. Mm -hmm. And based on what I've seen today, you already have like a showstopper. So I feel <laughs> I feel good about Boop. We have a couple of showstoppers. I think so. <laughs> it's I all think. the stuff that goes in between. Right. <laughs> That's the hard stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it looks like uh, Betty is already bopping and booping. <laughs> I mean, it's all, it's all happening. <laughs> so what what is yeah. it like for you, Jasmine, to land this role? I oh, mean, it was wild. It was wild because <laughs> I, I did some workshops in the past and I played uh, a different character. I played mm -hmm. Trisha. Um, when she was 19. Yes, and we decided to go younger. It just works better. It feels better. It moves the piece better. Um, and then I auditioned for Betty. I didn't get it. It was not, it just wasn't in me. Like, I didn't believe uh -huh. it, I don't think, that I could get it. And then they were still auditioning, and I was like, I have to get back in there. And then I worked, and I came in a bunch of times. A bunch of times. Like, so many times in a that last, A bunch of times. Yeah. She worked hard. <clears throat> she worked with DB, my mm -hmm. associate uh -huh. director. Yeah. Uh, several times, and I'd keep giving him things to work with her on. <laughs> yeah. And uh, her last audition, she left the room, and you don't know this. I said this. I said, "Well, it's her role. Oh. She came and improved that it's hers." Mm. And you know that's what you want. You want somebody to come in and say, "This is my role, mm. and I'm going to do this." So where do I sign? Mm -hmm. You know, you need that confidence from the person coming into the room. And she did it, especially, <laughs> especially on the two big, she's got two massive songs. The song you mm -hmm. saw today is the end of a first act number, which, you know, I like to end a first act number with a bang. And yes. that number ends it with a bang. Mm -hmm. And then she's got a second act number that's kind of heartbreaking. Yeah, it is. It's moving. It's really moving. Yeah. Tell me about <clears throat> Betty Boop in 2023. I mean, what is, what is she like? I, I mean, she's just... She's always Betty Boop is going to be Betty Boop. Yeah. But she's just, she's a fun-loving girl who, who goes on these adventures and lives this, this beautiful, happy life. Um, and it's, you know, so much time has passed from when she was first created. But 1930. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I mean, what I think is kind of beautiful about it is that we as women, we've changed so much, but we're also, we've always still been you know, women, and she's this beautiful epitome of girl power and woman power, something that we've not always necessarily had, but have always wanted. And even today, we still want that. And so she's just a girl who's ready and willing to go for all those things, fight for all those things, and show other people that we can get them. Um, she's, I think she's really inspiring. She's, she's got my heart, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, she's a two-dimensional character mm -hmm. to many of us, and I think yes. in the musical, I think, she kind of maybe starts as a two-dimensional character, and then what she's can you, what can you she's tell us about the idea? She's here? definitely a character that was drawn in black and white. For sure. And there's one thing that's been missing, and she doesn't know what it is, and she goes on the journey to find that. And mm -hmm. when she finds it, she becomes more three-dimensional. Yes. She finds love, and it fills her life with color. So that was kind of the original pitch mm -hmm. and the original idea. And also, there's so many different variations of that, old to new, black and white to color, uh, a life that's without love and a life that is with love, yes. right? But ju not just love of a person, love of mm -hmm. self, love of passion for something, mm -hmm. music, Dwayne has love for music, Trisha has love for art, Carol has love for people. Mm -hmm. So Betty comes into their world and she empowers them yes. as people to find what they love and go after it, yeah, where they may have been unsure that they were worthy of it, mm -hmm. right? And she, and she finds that for herself too. Yes. But it's, it's basically just, it's fun. I wanna go to the theater and have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. I wanna have fun and I wanna walk out singing songs. Yeah. And these songs, I, I, the first time I heard these songs, even before 
early, early on when I met David, he played me some stuff. And I went, wow, he can write a show tune. He may not know <laughs> David it. David Foster. Yeah, we all he know may not know it, heads, but, but he can write a show tune. <laughs> yeah. So, and a dance tune, yeah. right? So that was what was, I was inspired by that. And I thought, I would like to work with this man. I would like to create with this man. And Susan, obviously, who's done many musicals, and Bob, who's done many musicals, and Bill Haber, who is the most generous and the mm -hmm. greatest producer, True. who kind of gives us the room and leaves, right? <laughs> and says, and comes back, and every time he comes back, he says, it's great, keep going, mm -hmm. it's great, you know? It's just unbelievable, unbelievably encouraging. Jasmine, you've been doing a lot of sort of pre-Broadway. One of Jerry, actually, you guys worked together on a show yes, in Atlanta. Yes, that's my first right? ever. That was where I show. first where found first, her. Yeah, yeah that's where you first yeah. met. And uh, you were in the national tour of Mean Girls. I was, yes. But this is a huge opportunity. Yes. What was it like when the news came out about this? And what are your friends all saying now? And how are you feeling? It, it's really wild. Um, when I first found out, because I, I also had a really good feeling after I left that last audition. I was like, I really think I nailed that. Um, and when I got the call, I was I was so excited, and I was like on my way to like some workout class, and like it just it derailed my day in the most amazing way. <laughs> but you know, like I was like, oh, I was so happy. I went shopping and did all these things. Um, so it was it was amazing, and I couldn't tell anybody for a while, you know, because yeah. we had to keep it. Yeah. So like I told like my mom, my agents <laughs> obviously knew, my voice teacher knew, but when I got to tell everybody and like see it all happen, it felt really real, in a beautiful way, um, and it just it's been the most special like mind-blowing thing ever because it's i mean you know it is life-changing and i am i'm like currently in it so you know it's like it's really wild but it's yeah. been amazing we're in it you know yeah. what i mean we are in it we are so in it and this is our fourth week yeah and we've been killing ourselves and we will continue to i've told them you right. know i work every day in chicago i don't go to chicago to just do the show i go to chicago to work right mm -hmm. because you have an audience and you have a review and then you can continue to hone the show and use those audiences to see if any they feel a change in mm -hmm. what you're doing kinky boots there were there was a new song there were many we tried we tried uh not my father's son in a cut version because we hadn't earned the song yet and so we had to go back to everything before it and earn the length of the song. So you find that out when you're in front of an audience, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's, that's the fun of it. Yeah. So it's just, we're just in the first phase. And then when we get all this technical stuff that goes with it, right. I'm going to be pulling my hair out <laughs> to fo refocus what we focused in the room. Yeah. Right, so clear in the room, and then you go to Chicago, and it's like, where did it go? <laughs> right. And where did it go? Get rid of all the scenery. You know, it's all that. Well, there's one thing you know how to do, Mr. <laughs> Jerry Mitchell, that's make musicals that well, send yeah. us out singing and feeling good. I hope. Yes, I think so. With this. I think so. I, yeah. I know so. Yeah. And also, <laughs> come on. She makes me smile. She makes me laugh. I feel for her. Mm. That's what it is, and the vulnerability. You know, here's a star. It's a little like Elle Woods, mm. right? She's blonde, she's rich, and she's gorgeous. What's the problem? Right. Yeah. Everybody thinks Betty's perfect, but Betty's, Betty's got problems, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I can't wait. Yeah. I can't it's wait to see it. wonderful. Again, Boop is set to arrive on Broadway in spring of 2025. By the way, you can see an exclusive musical performance from Jasmine Amy Rogers singing one of the brand new songs from Boop over at Broadway.com. Well, that's going to do it for us. Until next time, I'm Tamsin Fidel, and this is The Broadway Show Uncut. <laughs>